0: Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Rugged Angel podcast. I am your host, Camila, and I'm happy that you're back. Um, I want to give some shout outs to the top five cities who have been listening to the show. Um, Pittsburgh, PA, Chicago, Illinois, Kyle, Texas, I'm not sure where that is, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Mountain View, California. Thank you guys for being loyal listeners. If you are in one of those cities, I want to hear from you. Send me an email at uh, angel. Ruggedangel- at gmail.com or just drop a line on facebook at rugged angel productions or shout out on twitter the underscore rugged angel just a heads up this show the rugged angel podcast will be on hiatus come November. Um, just need some time to regroup and plan out the next season of Rugged Angels that I will be talking to. But uh, I will be back in January. This podcast will be back in January. And you can still catch me personally on the Down to Watch podcast as well as the Scandalized podcast. And there might be um, another podcast coming down the line soon. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Make sure you go to ruggedangel.com and just be able to keep up with everything that's going on. This episode 26 is with Cerise Rennie Murphy, author of The Order of the Seers trilogy. She is an amazing woman. I met Cerise uh, over a year ago at Awesome Con in D.C., and her personality instantly drew me in and we became friends um, long distance, but still we keep in touch. Uh, But she is one of the most intelligent, funny, and real women that I know, and I just really appreciate her taking the time out to talk to me for this episode like I said you can check out her books The Order of the Seers Trilogy and also she has just released a children's book called Ellis and the Magic Mirror so if your children love fantasy and um, good times and uh, just awesome storytelling as well as great pictures you should check that out also and also if you're going to be at New York City Comic Con October 8th through 11th check her out she'll be a literary guest you can go to her website Cerise Ren Murphy.com for all of her information of where she's going to be and what she's up to. Like I said, Cerise is um, one of the most just interesting and amazing people that I know, and I'm super stoked to let you listen to this almost two hour long conversation I had with her. I don't apologize for it running over. You won't be sorry because it's extremely interesting and entertaining. So we're going to get into it. Enough of me blabbering. And remember, the strongest people aren't always the people who win, but the people who don't give up when they lose. Ashley (laughs) Hodgkins. Cerise Murphy, welcome to the Rugged Angel podcast.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. me.
0: Oh, I'm so happy to have you on. I wish we could be doing this in person, but it just didn't. It turned out as it, it didn't work out that way. Um, Cerise is in D.C. and I am in Pittsburgh, but um, hopefully we will get a chance to see each other again in person soon. How are How are you doing? How was your day today?
1: Great. I purposefully did not drive myself crazy and go overboard with like work expectations. So, whenever Excellent. I can manage that, it's always a good day.
0: Excellent. I love to hear that. So, um, we're just going to like have a little conversation here. We're just going to talk about you hey. for an hour and um, hopefully you're cool with that. I am. <laughs> All right.
2: Oh. <laughs>
0: well, tell me Sorry. about um, where you grew up. Where are you from? Are you from DC originally? Oh,
1: I'm born and raised.
0: Oh, wow. It's,
1: yeah, it's a city I love. And, um, yeah, I you know, I grew up in a neighborhood that other people thought was bad, but I thought it was a great neighborhood. I mean, there were always people around all the time. I didn't know that a lot of them were selling drugs, <laughs> but they were <laughs> always around and really polite and friendly. And the reason for that was because my dad is crazy. And he let all of them know that, (laughs) yeah, that they should not approach his daughters in any other way than, you know, a polite way. And so they did that. And so I grew up um, in D.C. in the 80s in the height of the crack trade with Mm. a very sort of sheltered and idyllic kind kind of setting in the city. We could walk everywhere, you know, we'd go to the movies, we'd save our bus money and get ice cream, and, and just, you know, we said it was a, just a couple friends, and my parents, you know, they all knew each other, and I just remember this city being fully open to us and full of possibilities, and because we had boundaries, you know, we knew what we could do and what we couldn't do, we all just kind of stayed together and had a great time, um, and so I just grew up feeling like this, <coughs> city with lots of possibilities Mm -hmm. and and i just had to sort of choose my place in the world but that it was all there and open to me
0: nice so what do you have brothers and sisters growing up
1: i do i have five siblings
0: oh wow where do you fall in the line
1: i i turned out being in the middle uh, it's a little interesting (laughs) um (laughs) yes uh we I have uh, five siblings, but none of us have the same mom. Okay. So um, I met my sister, my oldest sister, when I was like four or five, and she came to live with us, and that mm. was wonderful. And then I met my oldest brother when I was around 12. I knew my youngest brother, but I didn't know he was my brother. So this is really oh, illuminating well. about my family life. Wow. I didn't know he was my brother. Well, I knew because we look alike.
0: But mm-hmm. he
1: wasn't officially my brother until later. Um, my younger How did you sister,
0: meet him? How did you come across him?
1: Um, <laughs> sorry, Dad. Um, <laughs> you know, we used to babysit him. Oh, and, okay. Yes. Oh. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a little crazy. Um, But... You know, to my mom's credit, um, she always, I always wanted lots of siblings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though things were clearly complicated, um, my mom (laughs) always said, you know, this has nothing to do with the kids. Right. And you have brothers and sisters and you guys should be close. And we are. I mean, you know yeah, so it's wonderful. I mean, through her love and her generosity, I got to have this big family that I always wanted. Oh.
2: Um,
1: and, you know, we're really close and everybody's really close to my mom because my mom's like an angel. Mm. And, um, and so that's great. My youngest sister is 10. Um, my second youngest is 19. And uh, then from there, like my old youngest brother is 33. I'll be 43 in November. My sister, you know, would not want me to tell her age, but she's <laughs> older. And then, and then my brother is a little older than that. So yeah, that's uh, that's so that's wow. my family. Oh, that's a <laughs> yeah. trip.
0: But it's good that you guys are all so close, especially seeing that it, it's yeah, like no, it was like the age difference was. It's kind of a gap in a lot, yeah. a lot of the ways.
1: Yes. But, you know, with my, my second youngest, you know, I I felt so grateful to be able to be a little sister to a little sister. Because I was always the little sister.
2: You know what I mean? Oh.
1: So that was this whole new experience that I got to have. Mm-hmm. And that was wonderful. And, Did you, you pre- know, I feel that way with my youngest.
0: Do you prefer being a, a, an older sister or a younger sister?
1: <laughs> now, I think... Now, yeah, I love being an older sister. I think when I was younger, I wouldn't have liked it as much.
0: <laughs> Cuz I am so. an older I'm an older sister and and I just mm. have the younger sister and you know, sometimes you you go through life and you you it's you don't want to like pigeonhole people into certain ways, but you do you do tend to recognize the uh, the older siblings versus like younger siblings, just in, in age difference of or uh, just when people are uh, as even as adults. And my husband, he's a younger sibling, and he has a lot of behaviors that are like you know everything I have. He wants to have it, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> and sometimes I have a problem with sharing because I'm an older sibling, so it's just like it's funny to me.
1: You're oversharing. <laughs> <Yes. Just> sharing. <laughs> Unfortunately, my older sister, Monica, isn't here to be like, Amen. Yes. Can I just have a sandwich by <laughs> Right. Can I just yeah. please have
0: something that is just my own?
1: <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. I mean, I feel you, but I don't, well, I know I hear you, but I don't really feel you because yes, that's cool. I was the younger sister. Before, <laughs> right. and I know exactly how much you had to share because I was always like, Monica, what you eating? You know? <laughs> What you doing? Yeah, we're <laughs> annoying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. You know, I love my sister. And, you know, we, uh, as, after we stopped having to share a bedroom, I believe, is when things got much, much better in our relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, did you guys all go to the same school? Well, I know, like, the 10-year-old and yeah, other ones, but yeah. were you guys no. all the same school?
1: Mm-hmm. We were all over. I mean, we were in the general D.C. area, but all mm-hmm. over the place.
0: Okay. And what was your high school experience like, yours?
1: Oh, my high school experience was interesting. Um, I grew up in D.C., as I said, and D.C. had and still pretty much has the worst, one of the worst public school systems in the country. Really? So I went oh yes, it's sad. I know the nation's capital. How's this happening? Um, Yeah. Anyway, there's a lot. That's a whole other podcast (laughs) right there. Indeed. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, But let's just say uh, my parents are from Grenada and Trinidad. They knew the Catholic school system. So where we lived, as I said, was sketchy uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes. And so they, you know, looking at their young girls, they'd look outside and they'd see the kids and they were like, okay, so where do they go to school? Okay, right, so that's not where you're going to school. <laughs> so I went to a private Catholic school um, throughout my you know, elementary school and high school. And for high school, my elementary school was very it, it was very diverse in every single way. It was racially, mm-hmm. ethnically, culturally, and economically diverse.
2: Mm-hmm. You, know, so you
1: had doctors sending their kids there, and you had cab drivers sending their kids there. Mm-hmm. And that was a wonderful experience. My high school was very, very different um mm-hmm. it was uh in a very um ritzy part of Maryland. Mm-hmm. I had to take two buses and a train to get there oh my goodness um but it was it was an excellent college preparatory school i mean college was a breeze because my high school kicked my butt in every single way um. <laughs> and i'm i'm grateful for them for it but it was you know it was like a different it was like bizarro world i'd never met rich people before my mm-hmm. high school um or people rich people and people who thought they were rich you mm. know what i mean right yeah absolutely. Um, and there's a difference
2: right yeah um
1: just enough to you got just enough to think you're rich uhhuh um i'd never met people like that um these were some of the, to this day, some of the most intelligent women I'd ever met. I mean, they just, they were just so smart. And what they were worried about is whether or not they were going to marry well or whether or not. Do you know what? You're going to get me in trouble. I can't share this <laughs> podcast with anybody. <laughs> By the time I'm done. Oh, well, okay. So, yeah, no, feel free I've to omit anything you want. You don't have I to. Know, I realize it's, just, it's not in me, though. I'm, yeah. Some of them were worried about whether or not they were going to marry well and whether or not they were going to get a Beamer or a Mercedes for their 16th birthday.
0: Oh, sweet fancy movies.
1: I mean, and, and, like, stressed out about it, Wow. You know what I mean? Not like yeah like what and what the social implications would mean if they get the the beginner beamer as mm-hmm. opposed to the other you know so fortunately for me mm-hmm. you know none of this had anything to do with me <laughs> i right. <Not> only did <laughs> I mean, not only was I not getting a car, like I right. wasn't even bothered to get a license because I knew the one car we had, nobody was letting me near. Exactly. So I, was like, I don't have to stress out about my
2: driver's license right.
1: I'm not getting one. That's how I so, felt
0: too because I didn't even get my license until I was like 18. I was like, eh,
2: why bother?
1: Oh, honey, try late 20s. I was just. I, I wanted to make sure I could afford a car. <laughs> That's why it's going to be so long until you know, I can drive. i right. have the license and forget it. So let me, let me time those together. That, that, that was my world. Nice. So I just kind of sat in the back of the classroom with this, like, this is just like an alien world. And I went to school with these aliens. We had lunch together. But we were not a part of the same universe,
2: Mm you know.
1: So that was a really good, uh, you know. In retrospect, I'm really glad that I took it that way. And part of why I took it that way is because by the time I got to high school, I knew who I was. Yeah, you know what I mean. That
0: that makes a really big difference because you could have just like slipped into that. Kind of you know starting to stress yourself and your, and try to stress your family out about the yeah. same things materialistic yeah. things
1: no it, it was it was wonderful for me so I spent that four years being in an environment that was very rigorous and challenging it was an all girls school yeah. which you know was wonderful actually and I didn't realize how wonderful until until later until I went to college mm-hmm. um in that there was just this this culture of excellence of women. I mean I remember mm-hmm. my history teacher, Miss Cox, used to say she'd start every class with, Good morning, women You know, and she, I mean she's was this awesome, this little redheaded woman. You know? And she would engage us in political debate. And it wasn't if you would speak up. Mm-hmm. That was expected. Right. You know, it was what you would say and how well you would make your argument. Excellent. And that was you know, again, I just took it for granted. I was like, okay, I'm here, you know, I'm,
2: mm. I'm keeping
1: up. I'm keeping up. <laughs> these right. I mean, He's, he's growing are smart.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But,
1: but it, Yeah, but it's only until I reached, you know, college and saw girls dumbing it down so that their mm-hmm. boyfriend wouldn't be intimidated. And I was just like, what are you doing? I know you know that answer. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, it's, it's then that I realized what my high school was trying to make such a big deal about.
0: Isn't you it know? absolutely I mean, frustrating to to watch a woman try to shrink herself or dumb herself down because of a male presence or because, you know, that's not what we're supposed to be about, you know, that kind of thing. And it, it even, and you know, you don't come across it as often in 2015, but it still happens and it's still hurtful. Like it actually hurts my feelings to see something like that.
1: It does. And I have to say, it's been a while since I worked for somebody else, Mm -hmm. but not that long Mm -hmm. uh, ago. And, I would say it's still extremely prevalent mm-hmm. in certain environments. And it is it's hurtful, but more than that it's just it's mind-boggling. Mhm. You no, know, because you have to be there, right? You have right. To, you have to be in that meeting. You right. know, if you're not going to be engaged, you could be somewhere else. Like literally, you should get up Absolutely. and leave and go somewhere where you are going to be plugged in. Right. So if you have to sit through the meeting, You got to speak up just to keep yourself awake, right? I think that's how I am. Yeah, I
0: I totally feel you that way. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you got to just to stay awake. You're there. Otherwise, it's a complete waste of your time. Mm -hmm. And why would you waste your time? It's the only thing that you can never get back.
0: Right. That's one of the, that is like my, well, yeah. one of my most valuable. Assets. Somebody was asking yeah. me something the other day about uh, trying to advance, you know, and I have this JOB that, you know, it's essentially, it's there for the simple fact of, you know, to make sure that my, you know, we, that we have a two person income household. And so, you know, I'm there, and you know someone asked me about like doing overtime or something like that or doing extra you know this that or there. It's like, you know my time is much more important to me than the actual like getting this so-called overtime, and you know, this extra money. It's just I just you know i I come here, I do my forty hours a week, and that's it. Just let me be. just let me peace out and I can so because I, I have so many other things going on outside of this entity yeah. that I want to I need to concentrate on me. So yeah, so I totally get you about time. It's absolutely valuable.
1: Yeah, and so it's. I look at when I see that happening, and I'm just like, "Are, are you like? Are, why are you doing? Like you don't have? You're here. You have to speak. <laughs> like that's literally the reason why you're here. Mm-hmm. And if even if nobody knows why you're here, like they're paying you, but they don't quite know why they're paying <laughs> you, or you know what I mean? They think they're paying you for X. But you got right. X, Y, and Z.
2: Right. You,
1: like you have to bring X, Y, and Z. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? And that's just—I I don't know. I guess it's—it's um, it's a product of my high school, but it's also a product of my parents. You know, my dad, w- my sister, and I uh, were raised together, um, and it was always expected that we needed to be financially independent. We needed mm-hmm. to be smart. Like that's just how we were expected to do that. Even if, you know, he wasn't sure in terms of how to guide us how to, Mm -hmm. he expected that. And my mom definitely was like, you know, my girls are going to do, are going to go far and you're going to get an education. I mean, that's what she, you know, crossed, crossed, you know, the ocean to be. I mean, Mm -hmm. my mom came from Trinidad at 17. Oh, wow. You know, to go to get her GED and go to Howard University. Hmm. And my grandmother sent her you said
0: you said your father came from Grenada.
1: Grenada. 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 hmm. And yeah, he can he'll tell the story. You know, he came to this country with twenty three dollars in his pocket.
0: Wow. So what he was that culture cab. what was the culture like in in your household?
1: Um very you know, very patriarchal. You know, my dad was, you know, the the authority. Mm-hmm. Um education was Trump everything mm-hmm. everything you know that's i mean my parents weren't concerned with sports my you know not like you needed to get good grades that's what you needed to do <laughs>
2: you know mm-hmm. what i mean right
1: and the i don't there were there was never like a, a discussion about college like mm-hmm. would you go like that it, wasn't it's more like it, what
0: college are you going to
1: what college are you going to right mm-hmm. and how are you going to pay for it
2: Right. That, <laughs>
1: that was it you know i mean my dad drove a cab to put mm. himself through uh, the school of architecture at Howard, wow. you know, my mom worked full time and went to school part time mm-hmm. uh, to put herself through Howard. So it was, it was like you can do this.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: might, you know, you might not be able to go four years full time. You know, you might not have those resources, but mm-hmm. you are going to go. Or we, you know. You. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It, right, that, yeah, your that, family that is, was, Your
0: family is no stranger to hard work, essentially. Yeah, it,
1: I mean, and it was just expected. So mm-hmm. that was really wonderful. Um, also, there was given, I mean, we lived where we lived very purposefully. You know, mm-hmm. my dad used to talk a lot about, you know, if you want your neighborhood to be better, you have to make it better. You can't just move out.
2: To ah, yes. Late. Mm-hmm. You have
1: to make your neighborhood better. You have to stay. You have to invest,
2: mm-hmm. and that's
1: part of why I, you know, grew up feeling like, oh wow, look at all this potential. We can do all this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was, and later when I, I got my master's in social work, my my dad was like, how? Do, like, I, I remember he's like, you're not going to make any money. He's like, where did I go wrong with you? <laughs> I was like, What are you talking about? Like. <laughs> This is what you kept saying. Remember, we right. had to make our neighborhood better? He was like, Yeah, but I thought you'd be like a lawyer or something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he was like, I, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean you. <laughs> Literally, you know? it. Literally. Was, it was so funny. I mean, and he was proud when I finished. But he was really like when I told him what I was doing. He was just like, "Oh my God, God. <laughs> you know, where did I go wrong?" <laughs> you know. My mom, on the other hand, was like, "Whatever you want to do, dear. You know that I support you." You know, <laughs> she's, she's she's um you know always supportive. Even if mm-hmm. she thinks I'm doing something crazy, she's always supportive. <laughs> but um, yeah that that was my household. So it was just great and challenging and difficult. Uh, heartbreaking and uplifting mix of mm-hmm. discipline, um, you know, uh, high expectations, mm-hmm. uh, patriarchy, and love.
2: Mm. That's you know?
0: beautiful.
1: Yeah, That's... yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, Would it you... made me who I am.
0: Yeah. Did you um, stay in the same neighborhood, the same house, your entire childhood? Like throughout your childhood, or yes, you yes. Guess? wow. I, we
1: Yeah, when I was four or five, we moved from the apartment to the house, Mm -hmm. and um, that was
0: it. What was that like? I mean, that has to be, um, because I'm, we moved around a lot when I was growing up, so I'm not, I, I don't really know that feeling of, like, being in one place for such a long time and seeing things around you either, you know, grow or decay or um, watching everybody else around you, uh, just seeing all the differences and all the changes that happen.
2: It was like, wonderful.
0: Was it a really nice was it a uh, a very tight community? Were there a lot of families that were there for the long haul? There
1: were a lot of family. I mean, my neighbor is still there. Oh, wow. He still there sweeping the, <laughs> the, the, the sidewalk. Every morning, he would oh, bless sweep his the heart. sidewalk before he went to work every single morning and i drove by there like a while ago and there he was <laughs> his sidewalk. i mean he had a day job and all that but mm. again that sense of this is our community yeah we are we don't care what anybody else thinks about it we're going to pick up this trash and if you don't agree with me well maybe you will tomorrow but right mm. now i'm picking up this trash um yeah i mean there are people because i when i graduated i worked at a community when i graduated from. The school social work. My first job was to work at a community development corporation that was right around the corner from the house that I grew up in, which oh, nice. was my perfect job. Like it's yeah. what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. um And you know, I would walk down the street. Oh, you, Mister Reddy's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Maybe you, you were little baby. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's wonderful. It's I can I can say that it's a wonderful, stabilizing, rooting experience. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, when I was going to my high school and, you know, seeing all the difference, it didn't bother me because I went home and I was rooted somewhere.
2: All right.
1: And that that's kind of, I mean, I went away to, to college and stuff, but I always knew I would come back and raise my children here because I wanted them to have what I had.
2: Nice. Minus, you We're- know,
1: the, the open-air drug market.
2: You
0: know. <laughs> so where did you um end up going to college?
1: I went to Pepperdine. <laughs> I went to California. I went to quite literally. California? Farthest, yeah, I went to the farthest place that I could get <laughs> from my house in the continental U.S. Wow. Which was my plan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it the only school that you applied to
2: or were there other it, ones that?
1: It wasn't. But it was the one I really wanted to go to. Not because I knew a whole lot about Pepperdine.
2: Mm-hmm. Literally.
1: I, I remember being with my friend uh, in the college office in my high school. And, you know, I wasn't going on any college tours. You know what I mean? I mean right. Everybody, I knew Howard. Howard was five blocks from me. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, <laughs> right.
0: He's like, I, got that
1: there. one done. Toward... <laughs> yeah, got that one. I've been there. You know, my cousins, you know, came from, yeah, I knew that. I remember thinking, how far can I get away from uh, my home and still be one flight back to my mom? And my friend uh, said, Samiha said, well, um, we were like, oh, California. And I thought, okay, well, that's a big state. Like, where should I go? And she said, oh, you know, my cousin went to this place called Pepperdine. I hear it's really nice. I flipped through the Barron's Book of Colleges, and I found Pepperdine. I looked at the SAT, like this was the strategy. <laughs> I, I looked at the SAT scores. I thought, okay, I can get in. It's small liberal arts, because I heard that's what you—that's where you go when you don't know what you want to do. You take a small liberal arts school, <laughs> and I applied. I had no idea what it looked like. I, had, I didn't care. I wow.
2: Like,
1: yeah, that, that was me. So... I applied to a, a, a couple other places, but I thought, this is very far away. And I'm going to be in debt,
2: so mm. I might
1: as well travel. Which, yeah, I guess that, so. That was it. <laughs> I applied. They were the first people who wrote back. I got a scholarship, and I told Mommy. I said, I'm going. No. And she's like, wow, that's far. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but Mommy, I can be back in one plane trip. And she's like, Well. Okay, dear, if that's what you
0: want to do. And Man, that, that is, a, wow, she's incredibly supportive. Yeah. <laughs> I know mothers that were just,
1: just cry
0: and throw thrown a fit about that. Oh, why do you want oh, to go
1: so far away? I know, Well, she knew why I wanted to go so far away. <laughs> but uh, like I said, they, that patriarchy, I was, <laughs> I was, I was kind yeah. of over it. And, um, but... It it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful experience. Um, I went to Pepperdine's in Southern California, um, which was different for me. I'll bet,
0: coming from D.C.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in many, many ways. Um, I, I learned a whole new appreciation for D.C. Mm. But it was great because I got to meet people I would not have met in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, and experience things, and realize how much my parents had given me. Like wow. I re- that's, that's when I realized that my parents were people.
2: You know mm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know,
1: you had that shift.
2: And, yeah. you
1: know, they taught me how to, you know, I knew how to wash my clothes.
2: Mm-hmm. I knew
1: how to cook for myself. You know, I knew how to get a job and, and you know, f- provide for myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So and I guess really so, you that.
0: like ran into folks that did not know these basic oh, yeah. life,
1: basic <laughs> life skills.
0: Yeah. And that, that does shock me. I think I may have run into some woman who is like in her twenties and didn't know how to wash clothes. And I was yeah. like shocked and appalled. How do you not know how to wash your own clothes? I don't understand this. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's, just, it's and you're wondering, like, how have you survived? Right. You know, but um.
0: Cause I cause barely I remember went... a time when I didn't wash my like, like a, maybe yeah. I was eleven when I started wa- washing my own exactly. clothes. But I just, yeah, I just, yeah, shocking. Exactly.
1: Yeah. No, my son's seven. He has to bring him down. Cause nice. I'm, I'm, I'm getting him ready.
0: Get him involved in the dude, process anyway. There well, you go. I mean, he
1: has to bring him down. You know, the so...
0: detergent, whatever. That's, yep. <laughs> yep.
1: Exactly. So, um. Yeah, so that was really good. I got to travel abroad one summer to Italy, and that was my – Pepperdine has a a bunch of overseas programs, and you could go to summer school for the exact same amount as if you stayed stateside if you could get your plane fare, and that's, like, you know, amazing. So I got to do that one summer, and that was, you know, life-changing. That's when I realized that, no, it's not just that I wanted to, you know, get away I love to travel and I, and I got to do that. You know, we, we were there and I, we got our little Eurorail pass and you you know, <gasps> you're young, you're 19, you can sleep right. on a train. Right. You know, exactly. I mean? Yeah. You're fine. That's a it's plan. Like, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. So, you know, I got to travel to Austria, you know, to, to so many different places. Um, Cause we could get as far as we could get into Europe and then we had to be back in Italy for Monday class.
2: Oh, that's Even fantastic. if that meant
1: just a four AM train to get there. So,
0: but you know, like you said, you're 19 and you can do that. <laughs> that's
1: right, you can do that. So yeah, I, I traveled um, all over the place and and just um, had a great time. And that was that was really important because then that set me up for some other things that I did. But that let me know back then that I loved to travel. And yeah,
0: well, that must have been amazing. It was. Did you know? Year. Now you you had mentioned that you didn't know uh, what you wanted to study when you were going when on your way to to college? Yeah. So um you just kind of went undec- undeclared for a while or at at what point did you decide when you wanted to channel into social work? Is,
2: is that
1: Well, I I took uh, my first year um my first semester, I did some pretty dumb things. I took <laughs> a weeder class. Called human anatomy because mm-hmm. I'd always been interested in the brain and you know how people thought and for me I thought that meant that I wanted to be a neurosurgeon you mm-hmm. know because it's the brain and you're getting in there so right. I thought oh okay well I gotta be I, I, somehow between I don't really know what I want to do and when I arrived I was like oh well yes let pre med sounds like <laughs> something and so people kept telling me do not take the human anatomy class because it's a weeder class and I what thought what does that hey, mean. That means that this is a class where they scare you to death. So oh. if you don't, if you're unsure about, no, oh, a weeder
0: class. Minutes, gotcha. A weeder. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there. This, this class will either make you sure or have you running for the hills.
0: It'll make you. Like, it'll, you'll just, be absolutely sure one way or the other. One way <laughs> or the or other.
1: No. I was the other, <laughs> mainly because. I was at the beach until 3 (laughs) a.m. Every single night (laughs) of my freshman year of school. (laughs) Along with my good friends that I was making. I wasn't drinking because I was Mm -hmm. never really a drinker. Mm -hmm. But, man, you know, growing up in D.C., we didn't go to the beach. Right. I think maybe twice as a kid. So being able to see the ocean every day was yeah. amazing and like a dummy i set up all my classes like high school so i had an 8 a.m class and a night. it was just so dumb and i didn't listen to anybody i was like they just have no expectations I can do it.
2: <laughs> hard-headed so I
1: and I had my classes running from 8 a.m. to 3.30 like a fool.
2: Oh, girl.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) You see where this is going right away. Oh, my goodness. So, Cerise didn't really do a lot of time studying, (laughs) and I might have been an incredible doctor, but (laughs) I failed my human anatomy class. Four credits, big zero.
2: Ouch.
1: Yes. Yes, I was on academic probation. Yes, I, remember I got a scholarship. Yeah. So and not only was I on academic like all my friends, all of us who were at the beach <laughs> till three o'clock in the morning, we were all on academic probation. Christmas mm-hmm. break came and we were rushing home to get the mail because we didn't want <laughs> our parents to know that we were about to get kicked out our first semester. Yes, dear. So, wow. <laughs> that was that was my first semester of Pepperdine. Anyway, so from that experience, that I could fail a class. I mean, it was shocking. Like I just figured, you know, I could kind of finesse it, maybe. Right. But you, the well, thing about human anatomy is, it either is an ulna or it isn't.
2: Exactly.
0: You know, there's there's a, so there's, a, there's, a, there's exactly a right or wrong answer. Exactly. There's absolutely right or wrong.
1: Wrong answer. Yeah, so it's not like English Lit where it could just be my interpretation. (laughs) Right. So I learned that the hard way and decided ran for the hills (laughs) after human Ah, Anatomy*. But I also took a bachelor's in psychology. uh, What psychology one-on-one class? And I loved that. Even though Ah, I didn't study, I did really, Mm. really well. Mm -hmm. And because I I just retained everything you know Mm -hmm. as the lecture I loved it and so that's what got me thinking well maybe I'm not so much interested in the mechanics of the brain but more Mm -hmm. like how it how people come to the decisions they make and how you know how really a community like mine gets to be the way it is and so I spent about three or four years well three years getting a psychology doing my psychology courses and then I realized I took I think like a a social justice or something like independent study. Mm. Um, Cause after my first semester, I got myself on the ball because mm. I could not lose <laughs> my scholarship. No ended girl. Up <laughs> back in patriarchy. So I was <laughs> like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? I have I mean, to clean my act so, up real quick. <laughs> real quick. So I was on the straight and narrow after my first semester. So anyway, um, yeah, so I think I took that, and then I realized, you know what, I would not be a good psychologist, because you have, you know, really to 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 make money in the field and do well, you got to get your PhD. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to sit all day and listen to people tell me their problems. I think... Mm. After six months, I'd be like, really? Are we still here? <laughs> okay, you need to get out of my office. And I was like, like, that's, not, like, that's not good. Start shaking people.
0: Grabbing yes, them by the like, shoulders and shaking them. My
1: psychologist like, oh, kicked me out. I mean, <laughs> I could totally see myself doing, okay, I can't. You know what? I don't have anything else to say. Uh, no, I
0: can't um, do this you with know. you anymore,
2: anymore.
1: <laughs> you're wearing me out. So I was like, okay, um, let me get, you know, maybe what I'm interested in is helping communities fix themselves
2: so that mm-hmm. they don't need
1: somebody like me like there okay. is a support system within that community you know what i mean right um and so that's what led me into social work okay. and that was absolutely the right path for me
0: okay so, so um so you got into social work so how did we get to an author how did how did we come upon
1: oh that is well, it, I i don't even know. I'm not even sure if I can <laughs> I've been writing poetry since I was like 11, 12 years old. Um, oh, okay. But I never shared it with anybody, never wanted to, never thought of myself as a writer. That was just sort of me expressing. Um, so social work, that was really rewarding. Um, you know, I got into international development as well. That was really rewarding. I didn't have any plans of doing anything else. Except um, I had an idea for a short story Mm. that was a fan fiction piece. And when was this? Um, This was 2010.
0: Oh, Oh, wow, this is fairly recent.
1: No, when I say I had no plans, I really didn't. <laughs> so, um, I was, and I had been telling myself always that through the years with me writing my poetry, that I didn't have the attention span to write anything longer than a couple pages. Mm-hmm. Why I was telling myself that, I don't know. But so when I had this uh, story idea, I, the minute I'd start to think about it, I'd start shooting myself down. Oh, you can't, you know, you can't do it, three mm-hmm. if You don't have the attention span. that that that. And In January first yeah January 1st 2010 I woke up in the morning and the first thing I thought was about this story that I wanted to write and immediately I started the tape you can't do it you can't and I'm a deeply spiritual though not at all religious person Mm -hmm. Um, and I just heard God say to me why are you doing that Mm -hmm. and I, I was in the bed for about an hour as God and I were just having this conversation about all these times in my life where a door had been opened to me Mm -hmm. and I refused to go through it because of my own Mm -hmm. self-doubt. Not just, you know, from a kid to like an adult. Like I remember taking, you know, a a photography class and the photography um, professor wanted to enter one of my photos in a show. And you know I wouldn't give it to her? What? Because I was like, no, it's not good. It's not good.
2: Are you serious? And, you know, my That's best wow. friend was like, "You're
1: a dumb. Do uh, you curse on your show? I'm a, I'm a sure. Curse. Yeah, Go you're more. a dummy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? What's wrong with you? But I would do that. Period. And that morning, God just kind of wore me out with it. Like, was like all no, these- no
2: more, no more. Yeah,
1: and at the end of that hour, mm-hmm. I was like, "No more. If there is a door that is open." I'm going to walk through it, whether I think I'm worthy of it, whether I think I can do it, whatever. I'm going to start this story. Who cares if I don't finish? Like Martha Stewart is not coming over to be like, "Oh, <laughs> me. you only got two hundred words written today." You know, I I'm like who cares, right? You know what I mean? I was like, just try. You're going. If there's a door open, if there's an opportunity, you're going to walk through it. So I got up. I got my notebook out. And I wrote my first short story in two and a half weeks by hand. It was pure joy from beginning to end. I loved every single, I can still remember everything about that experience. Wow. It was and wonderful. You, so,
2: hmm?
1: and Go ahead. No, so I posted, I found somebody to help me edit it. She said she liked it. I was like, wow because the cherry the cake the frosting was writing it mm-hmm. so when i turned over and somebody else said that that was just like a cherry but All the right. true joy and this is still true for me the true joy of what i do is that i love it mm. i'm so grateful like you know with the last order of the sears book i couldn't wait to finish it because i couldn't wait to read it <laughs> like i and see how it ended you know what i mean yes I knew, you know that i had the bare bones of how it would end but like. The how, the writing, it's just, the characters are always surprising me. I am the audience,
2: that's and sort of the
1: conduit. But it, it's just so I couldn't wait to finish it because I really wanted to read it, uh-huh. and that it, that has not changed at all. It it just gets more and more true the more you know external things and other things happen. So, yeah. So she, right, I was like, oh wow, that's cool. And, You know. So I posted it, and people got it. They liked it. Mm. And I was just like, wow. This is so much fun. Too bad I'm not a writer. <laughs> yeah. Wrong. Yeah, I seriously said that. <laughs> and um so my my friend, who my editor said, so what's next Therese? And I said, "Oh, nothing. I'm not a writer, you know. I, that was just like the my one shot. I blew my wad. You know, I don't have anything else." <laughs> you know what I mean? I, mm. And I really didn't think that anything was going to happen until 6 months later, I was washing the dishes. And I got this vision. I mean, really, as I was washing the dishes, I saw this man walking towards me. He had this cataract film over his eyes and ash blonde hair, even though he was a black man from Tanzania. I knew that he was a seer. I knew that he was enslaved for that ability. I knew that there was an organization called the Guild. I had that name as I was washing the dishes that was using this drug called Liridium to access his powers and control him. And I knew that, like that word was there. Hmm. I, and this whole world came to me as i was washing the dishes. And wow. I have been a sci-fi fan since my mom took me to see Empire Strikes Back in the theater when i was, you know, 7. Uh-huh. Like i Yoda was my first crush, like that <laughs> solidified sci-fi for me. It's like the the height of storytelling. And i mean that. You know, okay. I, nothing gets me like a sci-fi story. So to have an original idea for mm-hmm. a sci-fi story was yeah. something I would never, you know, God knows how to speak to me. You know, right. if he'd give me right. a, something else, I'd be like, oh, well, that's, somebody else would write that. But I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know? I mean, I just, I would never let that go. Right. So my husband came home from the grocery store, and I turned around, and I said, I have a sci-fi story. And he was like, "What are you talking about? It's been like an hour. I've been gone an hour. Now you're writing sci-fi? Like, what happened?" And I, he, I told him the story, and he was like, "Oh wow!" And he's like, "What are you gonna do?" And I said, "I'm gonna try to write it." And that's how I got
0: here. Wow. Okay. So let's back it up just a, a pinch here. You said yeah. that your first short story that you wrote was that was fan
1: fiction, or was... yeah, it was fan fiction.
0: Okay. Well, would you like to share what fan fiction that was?
1: Oh yeah, sure. It was a fan fiction piece it was a romance with mm-hmm. supernatural elements, which is my favorite kind of uh romance, um mm-hmm. which combined it was really a retelling of this Hallmark uh movie called The Love Letter. <laughs> That's right. Um <laughs> with uh Twilight characters. There you go. <laughs> Damn.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah.
1: that's how that was my first short story. It's called uh Spirit to Flesh and it is still up under my pen name Little Wing 2. Hmm.
0: Little Wing 2?
1: Little Wing 2.
0: Okay, I'm going to have to look that up because <laughs> Yeah, there,
1: it's on my there, there's a link on web, my website. You oh, can check it out. Um but that was that was my first short story. The first okay. like fan fiction piece that I ever wrote was a five-page um and I just looked it up. I wrote it in, I think, 1999 or 98, hmm. um, that accompanied The X Files. Oh, really? <laughs> huge, huge X Files fan. Are Back you? Then, I'm like, I wouldn't. Oh, my God. I just. That's kid, funny because right realized... before
0: this, I was watching an episode. I just started watching oh. The X Files because I've never what? seen it. Yeah, I've never you know, seen like it. <laughs> so I'm like on season two right now. Oh. So I was watching an episode. It? Um, I'm getting there. Like the first We're season was just like, eh. I, I I mean I'm into it enough as to where I will keep going. So. Oh my
1: gosh, hey. season four and five are incredible. Are they? Okay, well, at, oh, okay. I, <laughs> all right, I'm a little. Now you're Yeah, I'm even... yeah. <laughs> so excited. I'm so excited for you to be experiencing it, and it's a little, it's a little wonky because now you know, si- you know, special effects and stuff are so much better. But right. I, I'm a huge, huge X-Files fan, okay? Wow. I mean, yeah, I what do you guys call, you call yourselves?
0: Files, I think it is. Is it Files? Oh, yeah. Is that what the...
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and now they have, you know, the resurrection of the series right. coming up. And I'm, I'm thinking, my gosh, I have not planned properly. It's already almost <laughs> October, and I haven't rewatched all the scenes. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this so that I can yeah. be current.
2: Yeah, you... I mean, I have
1: I have my favorite episodes like memorized. That's no problem, but I should still have you know a sense, a sharper sense of the mythology. Yeah. girl, don't get me started. You are don't really like started. you're slacking. Actually, when I I'm started, so slacking.
0: When I started watching them, it was it, it like corresponded with somebody I had read something online, and it was like if you start watching, rewatching them now. One if you watch right. one a day, you'll be able mm-hmm. to be right up on it, like as soon right. as the new ones start.
1: Yes. that was this summer. I think it was August. sometime you yeah. should have started. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that, and I was like, "Well, uh, honestly, I thought, well, that's you know, because I'm going to binge, of course. Right, right. You, just, <laughs> right. <you're laughs> you can't just a watch one episode of <laughs> you're not a, Yeah, you're not an x filer and you just watch one episode. Like I could, you know, do a season in a night yeah. if I get yeah. ready.
0: So, I, so anyway, I just um, saw David Duchovny perform Sunday at a club. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, he had he he was staying with his band oh, <laughs> at the Ulcer bar here okay. in Pittsburgh on Sunday. And how was he? Um, I mean, it wasn't terrible. I got my tickets for free. I had fun. Oh,
2: wow. And
0: um
1: So is he singing or what is he doing? He's
0: singing. He's singing, yeah.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I it mean, wouldn't occur know. to me that, you know, God bless them. That's your dream, right? Right.
0: right. Like my friends and I were like saying, you know, it's much easier to swallow if you imagine this as something Hank Moody is doing to, for extra money.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's
1: funny. <laughs> well, you know, I don't, I'm of the opinion that sometimes you just want to know your favorite, you, you want to love your character. Yeah, not necessarily the actor. And right. so I like to keep a fair amount of distance, actually. <laughs> the more I love the character, the less I want to know about the actor.
2: You know what I mean? That is, that's pretty not... smart.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so I, I'm i a fan of Mulder and Scully. Or rather, okay. let me rephrase it. I'm a fan of Scully and Mulder. Nice. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, David... I, I don't know that man. You know what I mean? God bless him. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for bringing me Mulder. Right. And let's just leave it at that. You know what, now, I mean? uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't need to know nothing else about him. Right. You, Plus, I mean, I do it.
0: find him to be rather attractive, too. And he's he's a very, um. It, it was also very nice to, like, watch him in motion from, like, you know, five feet away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah.
1: But, you know, I, so I digress. <laughs> um, that's all right. That's all right. I mean, uh, you know, Mulder's got great lips
0: yes he does i love his little like he's got like a weird like crooked overbite mount like
1: it's, yeah, it's,
0: yeah it's fantastic and with that, yeah with that so um for those who are not familiar <laughs> <laughs>
1: tell us about
0: order of the seers
1: oh gosh okay um so order of the seers uh is a sci-fi trilogy about a group of people who can see the future and they're enslaved for that ability And the book's all about how they escape the organization that's trying to exploit their gift, how they reclaim their power and ultimately start fighting back. Um, I would say, you know, the first book is very much a personal journey of the seers, you know, just being enslaved and just trying to free themselves as individual characters. By the second book, um, they understand their power is meant for more than just sort of their own individual freedom Mm. um, and that they need to... You know, respond to whatever that larger calling is. Um, By the third book, they are responding in full force and and fighting a lot of a lot of forces that um, you know they've unearthed through their own powers and um, are making sacrifices to do the right thing. So it's it's very. I like. (laughs) Thanks, thanks. So, yeah, I like the arc from sort of a personal journey to a global journey because I, I. that resonates, you
0: know, with me. Nice, and all three books are available. They're all they out and about, and all that. How how's it, how do you feel? Because I know it was recently that the third one you finished. That yes. was it like last year,
1: was it? Yeah, October. It came out actually September 30th. Will be the year anniversary.
0: Was it like September. giving birth?
1: Oh man, it was so. <laughs> I'll tell you, I didn't know how that third book was going to get finished. It was the, it was the because I was writing it during the winter from hell.
2: Where yeah, it that's snowed right. Snowed
1: every single week, all like not just a little. And well, mm. mind you, I mean you're in Philly, so you know real snow. But Pittsburgh, we're in DC. Yeah. We don't uh, Pittsburgh. That's right. We don't we don't know real snow. You know, we know kind of snow. The really? So you just step over. Yeah. Like will shut us down all week. <laughs>
0: Oh my God! I had no idea you guys were that. No, oh, like it's delicate.
1: pitiful. No, Obama was right. When remember that first term, and he said something. He's like, "Schools are closed. Y'all need to toughen up." And everybody in DC was like, L-l-l-l-l-l-l-l-l-l. "Yeah, he was right. We are pathetic. That's a fact. Yeah. So yeah, we are pathetic. That's a fact." And I learned that in Boston. Oh. snow yeah you'll learn
0: fast in boston
1: yes you will but that's a whole thing so anyway so um it snowed and school was closed and the kids were home from school at least one to two days every single week of the winter and i only need i only need one thing to write Mm -hmm. quiet Mm -hmm. that's what i need I don't need a special pen, I don't need music, I don't need, shoot, I could write by hand, I don't even need a computer. (laughs) I do need quiet. Mm. And when your kids are home, two to three, you know, at least two days Uh. every week, you can't get any quiet. And um, things get backed up, and you literally, I mean, I was sad, I was mad, I was depressed, I was angry, Mm. I was, I mean, I was just beside myself because... I really felt, and nobody was pressuring me. It's, you know, I'm my worst, I'm the worst Mm -hmm. boss I've ever had, Um, by far, I'm the worst boss I've ever had. You know, it's just this sense of, you know, I've I've, I've written a second book and I left it at a cliffhanger. And I just felt, you know, I hated doing that, but I just couldn't write the third book quick enough and so it was just, pressure. like, I don't want to keep people waiting. I don't want to keep people waiting. And I'll tell you, the worst, there's something worse than waiting as a reader. It's making people wait as a writer.
2: Oh, yeah. But it
1: is the, and I will never do it again. I have a two-part space opera that I've planned. I've already outlined it. And I can tell you right now, it will not be released until both are written. I don't care how if it long, takes me
0: <clears throat> 10 years. How long was it between book two and three? A year oh wow
1: yeah i mean i I don't write quickly, mhm um, I write now that I've realized because what happened was I just got so desperate I started writing the third book by hand, oh, which man. I hadn't done since my fan fiction short story um you know. But I was so desperate to just get some, because, you know, I could always have a notebook around, you know, 10 minutes of quiet. Oh, I'll try to write a thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I just started writing it by hand, and I find I write a lot faster by hand than I do. Really? Yeah. It just, I'm an analog girl. It makes sense. That's just how my brain works.
0: Yeah. Um, I, to this day, I still, when I take notes, they're by hand. Like, I i don't yeah. do, like, the iPad or the oh, you know, no, like that. like no, that. No. I, that does slow me down. Yeah.
1: It's like, come on! I have this big old phone. I mean, this big ass phone. People are like you got a phone, you know. I, I but I carry around my a little notebook, mm-hmm. and my husband's like, "Hello, sweet." You know, I got the little stylus thing. It's got all these little <laughs> right. things. I have no idea what my phone does. It answers calls, and I get email. There you go. Anything else? I, I can't help you. But I, I mean, I. It's just, yeah, it's not right unless I'm, you know, hearing, feeling that drag of the pen on the paper. That mm-hmm. makes sense to me. So. In desperation, I started writing it by hand, Um, and I wrote a lot faster, and I went on vacation with my husband and um, wrote five chapters in five days. Ooh. Now, that never, like, I'd be glad, my normal pace is a chapter a week. Really? And I I think I'm (laughs) booking, yes, if I can get a chapter a week, you know, um... And it's not necessarily long chapters. I don't really write long chapters either. So we're not talking about a toe mirror. But, you know, I'm I'm like, woo! I'm really excited if I can knock out a chapter a week. So to write five chapters in five days?
0: Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, I was like, see? You must have been doing like like Rocky. Yeah, (laughs) like doing the Rocky celebration. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, yeah, it was I, and it was a mad dash to the finish line, mm. and it was um, I learned a lot from that experience. Let's just put it that way. I will not do that to myself again
2: mm-hmm.
1: because Whoa. it didn't allow me to enjoy the journey
2: oh. of completing
1: something that meant and means so much to me.
2: Mm-hmm. You know. Well, you got it done.
1: Got yeah, but I got it
0: congratulations yeah. on that. Thank because, you.
1: Thank you. You know, so
0: that's much. like one book alone, but a trilogy, man, and a and just yeah. Yeah, I, I am in awe of you to be able to do such a thing. And now you have moved on to a children's book, um, Ellis yeah. yeah. and the Magic Mirror. Yep. What is yep. this about? Oh,
1: um, Ellis and the Magic Mirror is about a little boy who finds an ancient a magical mirror uh, and discovers that there are trolls at his school uh, mm. hiding out and trying to stop children from learning.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: the book uh, takes you on a journey as, as Ellis, his best friend Toro, and his little sister Freddie go into the woods to find out what's up with these trolls and try to stop what they have planned. So. That is the story in a nutshell without giving too much away.
2: <laughs> right. It's
1: uh it's a five chapter early reader. Oh. Chapter book. Yeah. Um I, I wrote it with my son and for my son.
2: Um,
1: oh. yeah, because he was uh he's always been a good reader. Mm-hmm. Um but when it came to transitioning from storybook to chapter book he was really reluctant and mm-hmm. i asked him why and he said well there are no pictures and there are all these words mommy oh. and so um he picked up one day he picked up order the f- copy of um order of Sears, the first book the trilogy and he was like mommy can i read this and i was like no baby that's for adults you know you have to wait <laughs> and he turned to me he said well can you write me something that i can read oh. and i was so honored that oh. he would ask yeah and and so i thought yeah and then that's when I started thinking, okay, what am I going to put into this book? And the first thing I did was I asked him, what do you want in the book? And he told me he wanted a fight scene. He wanted a skateboard. <laughs> he wanted his um, his stuffed penguin chirpy to be in the book.
2: So, okay.
1: I put that together, and I, I put together a story, and I pitched it to him. And he told me what he liked, and he didn't like about it. I changed it. And then I wrote the chapter outline. And this is the process I I do, all of my books I do this way. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a chapter outline, and I pitched the chapter outline to him so that he would know how the story would progress. Mm -hmm. And he is really great at constructive feedback. He's like, okay, I like this, Mommy, but I don't like this. I think this should happen here and there. And I changed it based on what he said. And then I started writing the chapters. I gave him each chapter I finished because I wanted to see, can he read it? What Uh words... You know, he might be struggling with and all that, and does it flow? And he gave me edits based on those, and then, um, and that's how I did the first draft. Oh that, yes, my god,
0: so. that is so great! I love, oh, it it. Was... I
1: love everything
0: about that production story. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was a wonderful experience, and it continues to be. You know, then I worked with um, a wonderful illustrator by the name of Gregory, and he. Um, he he was willing to work with me, and Arya, uh approved all the character sketches, mm-hmm. and he picked the cover, and uh, he helped design the uh, trolls and what they look like. Because Greg had one idea, and then I showed it to r a and r a was like, "No, why can't they look like this?" And <laughs> Greg was like, "Oh, huh, well, how do you mean?" And r a described it, and Greg changed it. You oh, know? Man. <laughs> yeah. So it was. It was it was really, really great. It was a really great experience. Um so we're it's a five part series.
0: Okay, I was just gonna ask already you asking me. Yeah,
1: he's already he's like, Where's my where's the next book, mommy? And I'm like, Well baby, I just finished the first one, you know. <laughs> Give mommy a moment, you know. Right.
0: And it sounds like um, he's going to be the, the next hardest boss that you have outside oh of my yourself. Gosh,
1: yes. But luckily, <laughs> like I have like he might be the CEO, but I am the chairman.
2: And woman. so,
1: you know, that that only will go so far, I can <laughs> back them up. You know, I got some control. But yes, <laughs> the next story is apparently going to be an underwater adventure with a submarine that somehow the mom in the story is driving. So uh, I don't know how that's uh, all going to work out, but that's what we're going to
0: do. Oh, well, that's awesome. And I am most definitely going to be purchasing this book for any friends that have kids
1: oh, and thank
0: um you. for thank the longest you. time that was my um, my thing when at like baby showers and for like new baby right. gifts. I would always give um, a copy of Fox and Socks by Dr. Seuss. That oh, was my awesome. that was my baby shower gift all the time. Um, because that was like my favorite book growing up as a child um
2: nice but nice.
0: now it might be time to like scoot it on over and then start giving ellis and the magic mirror like the first reader there oh
1: thank you well you know, you know what? I'd I'd <laughs> what i love that i love what um say, i can't
0: lie <laughs> <laughs> i know uh, don't don't i mean take it in take it in let it wash over you it's fine
1: you <laughs> I am. what is
0: the legacy that you would like to leave behind
1: Having made the world a better place mm. and children for all the children who are, you know, here now and it's not their fault what mm-hmm. we're doing to our environment, to our world. Right. But um, I can't hand, I can't hand them less than what I got. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I will be able to give them more than what I got, but I got to try.
2: As long
0: as I'm here, I've got to try. Amen. Amen. There's a, I would like to think that more. I would wish more people would like to think that way That those matters. Um, what haven't you done yet that you really want to do?
1: <clears throat> oh, I'm so scared to do it. I can, I don't even know if I can tell you. Well, I already like that. No, it's oh gosh. No,
2: seriously. I like what, what you... it's okay to um, in a safe space.
1: I... Yeah, that's right. It's a I <laughs> <laughs> I love. <it. laughs> um, I love to act in a play. Ah, I play Lady Macbeth.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: because she is badass.
0: That's fascinating, and I feel like this time next year, I'm going to be seeing a post on your Facebook page. Hey guys, come check me out as Lady Macbeth.
1: No, I, you know almost everything else that I would. Oh, that and then I want to be the oldest Secretary General for the UN.
0: <laughs> the oldest. The oldest. <laughs> okay. I think I could swing
1: that. <laughs> I think I could swing that. I'm not going to be the youngest. I'm not going to be, you know, the first woman. I'm not. <laughs>
0: Just want to break not. some
2: all, records all wherever I passed. can.
1: All those have passed. And I think I could be really effective as mm. the oldest. You know, when well, you have a lot, to of, like lot of experience, and you just don't care. <laughs> you, know, you know, what I mean. You don't care what you <laughs> <Yes>. say. <laughs> you, know, you
0: just looking, let it all out there. Just let like whatever. It all out. All UN the truth. UN needs
1: a very old secretary general. For real. It's just like all of y'all. All of y'all. So
0: I'd have had about enough for it, every last I one. of Translate that. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah. I mean they need somebody. Uh, yes. Not, they don't have a career after this. They're planning no. to die after right, this. Right, exactly. Know what I mean? they're,
0: they're not worried about they got, job security.
2: Nope, they're not worried they got about got hurt feelings. Their
1: retirement. <laughs> they're already living off their retirement. This is right. like volunteer time. You know, in between dialysis, that, that's what they're doing. I—that is my aspiration. That is my highest calling: is to be the oldest Secretary General for the UN. And I just need—they probably wouldn't give me more than two weeks, but I could do a lot in those two weeks. I could do a lot before they're like, you know what? by executive order we have the special you know the executive committee has convened and you are senile but i've got a good two weeks before that happens and i think i could do a lot
0: i love it i'm down i'm down with that if i can help you in any way shape or form i will be on um what types of things how do you what is your form of self-care like how once you're I know there's a lot of stuff. You're busy and running around, and even with children, I know it can become difficult to find me time.
1: I just went on a spiritual retreat to Sedona that honestly Mm -mm. changed my life. Really? Yeah. It it changed me in a beautiful way. And one of the things that I've learned and done since then is I meditate. I meditate for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Every day I did that this morning and I don't, I'll I'll be honest, I don't always get it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. things get rolled over, but I try not to let more than two days go by. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And it has just been a powerful reminder of my own importance in my Mm -hmm. life and, you know, with, with kids and, you know, family and, you know, duties and all that it can be very easy to become the last thing on your list. Right. And I, you know, I, for years, you know, I've given lip service to, you know, you are what you have to give. If you are depleted, literally you have nothing to give. Right. So you can't let that happen. You can't, because you are your engine. You And, and so for so many women, we are the engine in our families. Mm-hmm. So if we break down, literally everything yeah. is going. And so it, it, you have to take care of the engine. You have to take care of yourself. And I used to say that, um, but uh, the spiritual retreat really helped me operationalize a lot, a lot of ways to make that real. Um, and the meditation is, is really is really a powerful way because there's nothing you're doing. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. you're literally just sitting there, which you would never, you would usually have a hard time allowing yourself to do. Yeah, you sit there. You need to be sitting and thinking. You need to be multitasking and planning and plotting right. for world domination. <laughs> but you know, you don't. When you meditate, you just sit there. Yeah, and everybody has to wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, until right. you finish sitting there. <laughs> you totally have that right.
0: Absolutely.
1: Now I look at it now as me um, getting so that I can give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's
0: the big thing that I'm doing now. That is um, a magnificent thing, and it's most absolutely mostly important. Um, yeah. You Thank need you. to reboot and reset every once in a while. Just get everything right in your head and in your spirit before you can go on to help everyone else become, the rest of your family become the best people that they can be. We are going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with your top five. Oh, okay. Okay, we are back, and we are going to get into our top five. I have asked Cerise to compile her list of top five sci-fi films because she is apparently a sci-fi geek. Am, is, that is that correct? Is that correct? I
1: am and proud.
0: <laughs> now, um, yeah. So I and I also make a list, and it was a little bit difficult for me to make a list because. I am not that big into sci-fi per se. And okay. I I even had to go so far as to google sci-fi movies cuz apparently there's a lot of things that are sci-fi that I just didn't absolutely consider that. So yeah. I have to go figure yeah. there So All give me right. your list and then I'll give All you
1: right, one. number 1, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. It's Boop. epic in every single way. And it I I my list is is um Not just sci-fi movies, but, like, the sci-fi movies that changed me, that had a real impact on kind of who I am. And, yeah, Empire Strikes Back, I mean, the whole Star Wars, you know, mythology was powerful for me. It influenced, you know, so many things. So many of my even spiritual beliefs um, were influenced. But, yeah, no, it, it it was pivotal for me. So, definitely Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Two, The Matrix. First movie. I mean, now You know, I, I enjoyed them all, but I will never forget being in the theater and watching that first three minutes. Mm. I mean, it was just game changing. You
0: know I mean? Yeah, I don't really remember that. I don't remember that. I've only seen The Matrix yeah, one time. Right. I did see it in the theater. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. It's all right. It's all
1: right. Yeah, we'll get you there. Can, we'll we, can you we still there. be friends? Yes, we can. My best friend oh, called a lightsaber a lasso. I oh, was no. Just like no. Yes. Wow. I was, and she's I mean, luckily, we've known each other since we were five, and we're seven <laughs> days apart in our birthdays. Oh, I was man. like, I might disown you. What did you just say? <laughs> she was like, oh, Cerise, just calm down. Just like,
0: I'm going to no. need you to step out of my presence for about five minutes now.
1: <laughs> basically, basically. I need some alone time. <laughs> I need some alone. You need to, she needs a timeout Forget it. Right. She should be banished. And I realized I hadn't been a good friend because good friends don't let
0: you know, <laughs> friends call not, a lightsaber you know, a lasso.
1: Exactly, exactly. But I blamed her first. So yeah, <laughs> the matrix, the first three minutes, it was just mind blowing. I mean, mm-hmm. I loved everything about that story. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just thought-provoking. Uh, visually, it was something I hadn't seen before. You know, I, I love the diversity in it. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, And as that continued throughout the whole uh, series. So I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, Lord of the Rings. No. And I'm going to have to say the whole thing. I own <laughs> the extended edition DVDs. I own the movie versions. Uh, we quoted Lord of the Rings during our wedding ceremony.
0: Shut um, up.
1: Uh, yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> that is adorably GP. I, to... I love it.
1: Oh, thank you. Say that's a compliment. I don't know how you meant it, but I'm going <laughs> no, to it. No, it's definitely, a, yeah, no,
0: because that would be something that, like, I actually um, compared. Have you seen the show Psych on USA?
1: Oh, I've heard of it, but I. Well, I
0: actually, like, my husband and I love that show, and I actually, like, quoted that or, like, referenced it in our wedding vows. So you I know. know, I know what you're
1: you saying. Oh, <laughs> you know. See, you have the geek in you. I, yes, you I get bring it. it. out. You bring it out. <laughs> yes. So um, my husband and I watched the, on the phone, we did a, like, Lord of the Rings date, watching the extended edition, <laughs> which is over three hours. On the phone? Like, no problem. On the phone, because he was in Philly at the time. Oh. And anyway, yes, and we were we're just... Anyway, Peter Jackson's a genius. Uh, I love him. (laughs) So, um, and, you know, I had not... Before I saw Fellowship, I had not read the books, which is crazy. Oh, really? Somehow I missed, you know, Therese and her cluelessness. But let me just say that after my friend Mikey was like, they're books, and I was like, what? (laughs) I ran out, and I bought... Two Towers. Just the Two Towers. Ta- I don't know if I was being cheap or what. But anyway, I devoured that book. My car really? broke down. I called my mother. I was like, I need you to take me to the bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the end of Two Towers. I need Return of the King. And she, my mom came and got me. That is like a grown so cute. Woman, and got Return of the King. We didn't even talk. She dropped me off. I was like, thank you, peace. I'm in the middle of reading. And I, I think I read it. and It was just Anyway, so Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes. Lots of huh? pathetic little t- oh
0: man, I love it. This is I the love real it.
1: Series. they're real. <laughs> they're really real. Anyway, um, Inception. I mm-hmm. love. I'm a Chris Nolan fan. Word. But I thought he did something with Inception that was truly. I love stuff that's thought provoking. That's that. Mm-hmm. that mind bending and challenges your perception of reality. And The Matrix did that for me. Inception did that for me. Um Lord of the Rings, I think what I loved about it it's just it's just an epic story. You know what I mean? That of love it and is. friendship and yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Um okay, so I'm at four. Alright, I'm just gonna keep on going because hey <laughs> <You got it. laughs> Um I'm gonna say Blade Runner. For okay. my fifth, just because I remember my mom took us to see Blade Runner in the theater when we were probably too young to see it. She thought, of, <laughs> I think mom didn't really know what it was, because I just remember her through the movie go. what is this? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I remember looking at it and thinking, this is real world, but not real world. Like, Star mm-hmm. Wars is pure fantasy. You know right. what I mean? Right, But I love the, like, this could be our world. Right. Proposition in Blade Runner. And that a contemporary sci-fi is my favorite type of sci-fi because I love, that's one of the things I love about Matrix. You know, when you walk out of the theater, you're like, "Now, wait a minute. You, yeah. you know what I mean? You're looking around like, <laughs> are you? that you challenge what your eyes tell you
2: mm-hmm. but we should
1: all the time you know yes. what i mean and i love i love that about um blade runner is that it just kind of showed me the future in it but in a very contemporary and real way that that challenged me as as a child so that's five but i'm gonna go on Can what i, go on? Can I just um, trifling uh no.
0: just, just for a second you know that they're doing a blade runner part two we are doing a sequel? I, I
1: do. I do know that. I'm not a fan okay. of Resurrection, you know, in terms of, I think certain things should gotcha. just be left alone.
0: Right. It Sometimes alone. it's, I'm the only reason why I care, because Ryan Gosling, there's talks about him being in yeah, it. So.
1: Ryan what he wants. <laughs> I hadn't heard That's that what because I'm I was kind of like, eh. but no, Ryan Gosling, <laughs> yeah, I'm there. I'll do that.
0: <laughs> there, <laughs> there it <you> is.
1: <laughs> Yay! Okay, Yay, so, so go on. Ryan Yes. Just some honorable mentions. <laughs> okay. Dune. Now, mm-hmm. I know that Dune is one of my favorite books. I mean, it's top mm-hmm. two. It's that and Octavia Butler's Wild Seed in terms of, like, pivotal sci-fi literature for me. I know the ABBA soundtrack, like, really <laughs> got people off and Sting was in it. It didn't even matter. I The <laughs> ideas in Dune are just amazing. And I think D- um, David Lynch is mm-hmm. one of my favorite um Directors, just because he's so original in his so out there, is. so mm-hmm. ideas. So, so I really love that, and with that, honorable Men Twin Peaks, the series.
2: Ah, really okay. Think
1: the Best things that ever came on television. <clears throat> I mean, it's just again, just wonderful. The X Files. That's another are, one of those that it. I have
2: to.
0: I, I have started uh-huh. watching that one for the first time too.
1: Yeah, it's odd. It's it's odd. But <laughs> it's, it's it's very odd. odd. You
0: know, yeah, but you know, yeah. David yeah, I mean, I still—I think I've probably seen Lost Highway like five times, and I still don't know what the hell it's about.
1: But yeah, you know, it's—it's yeah. it's
0: still interesting. It's uh, visually, it's very appealing. That and um, there were a couple other—you know—most of David Lynch's stuff is like visually appealing and/or just heavy, like really character-heavy like ass, really strange ass. character heavy, which yep. is, I enjoy that. If I don't I, Even if I don't really know what's going on in the story, like I enjoy learning who these weird ass characters are. Yes, <laughs> yes
1: absolutely. So I will stop there. So you're okay. not that bad a guest.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's good. That was good. Sometimes you need an honorable mention or two because you can't yes, you make do. your entire list. Um, well, oh, my yeah. list was a struggle, but I found <laughs> I found five that I really okay. dig. Um, Inception, also on my yeah. list. Um, yep. I absolutely loved that movie. That movie was fantastic. I loved the visual effects. I loved yeah. like the going um, into this the dream, into the dream, yeah. into the dream, and it was yeah. just. I mean, I love the fight choreography. That was like the scene with uh, Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt on the walls. Oh, and the, my gosh. Yeah. So crazy. Like, was, ugh, yeah, I loved everything about that. And even like how, every, ugh, like the whole white scene in the snow and, all. Yes. yeah. So that, and I'm also a Christopher Nolan fan. So yeah. that was yeah. great. Um, Donnie Darko. Mm, that's yes. It's an extremely weird movie, but I really dig it, and I like Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Yep. I think he I do, yeah. um, did an amazing job as just this really creepy character. I love just, like, rando stuff, like, um, why are these – like, the whole – there's, like, a montage or, or – the, like the camera, the slow camera work going through the high school, I was through the school, and they're playing um, Head Over Heels, I think it is, by Tears for Fears, mm, and just like yeah. the way there's like a bunch of like slow mo and then speed up action, and then you know regular, and it's just the way that it's done, and there's like Patrick Swayze pops in there for no reason, and it's just like it's just it's so bizarre, but I really dig it. All
2: right,
0: all right. Um, The Fly uh, with yeah. Jeff Goldblum yeah um that was one of the first like horror type movies that I had seen yep. growing up, and that just it uh, creeps me out to no end. like it is yeah. so gross.
2: the makeup
1: yeah. is so gross. Oh, I still remember <laughs> I've only seen it once, and I remember that last. yeah, week. exactly.
2: Yeah, I I
0: know. It's the know best thing Jeff,
1: Jeff Goldblum's, sure. Goldblum's ever
0: done. Yeah, yeah, I know for sure. I have never, I haven't seen it more than twice. But yes, I can absolutely still see, like, ugh, teeth pollen. Yeah. So yeah, <clears throat> Bravo, Goldblum. Yes. And um, number four, Mad Max, Mad Max. I
2: guess.
0: Yes. Uh, the remake. I don't. Really? I know. I've seen. I know. I've seen the first. Or the one with Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was years upon years upon years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so I don't really recall it. But I did go to the theater to see this new one, this reboot. And it was amazing. Um, I just... Uh, the fact that you go in there thinking that it's going to be uh, about this... The hero is basically going to be this man named Max. and But, yeah. you know, Tom yeah. Hardy has maybe a page of dialogue in the entire film and you know Charlize Theron and it's very like strong female centered and it's just yeah like everything like and the cinematography was amazing and I just I loved that movie and I actually saw it like uh because we didn't have a choice at the, the the time we were going to see it we had to watch it in 3d and usually I'm anti-3D, but even 3D, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> it was just amazing. Like, I really got into it.
1: Can and I ask last... you why you're anti-3D? Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Um, no. Uh, that's, um... Like, way back when, remember when we used to get, like, those 3D, the, the paper glasses, you yes, know, when 3D I remember was... Them. So, I, th- I think maybe the first one I saw was, like, maybe... Jaws or or something or maybe it was like a horror like one of the old like Frankenstein movie or Elvira episode or something I don't remember exactly what the first one was I saw but I do remember that experience and I really dug it I liked it you know when I was a child and that was great and then when the resurgence when you know like maybe 10 years ago when they were like oh we're bringing back 3D and they did Avatar I was I saw that in 3D and I and I just didn't enjoy it at all i yeah. felt kind of like nauseous about it afterwards oh,
2: wow. I,
0: I didn't okay. i didn't like it and then <clears throat> i saw fright night in 3d Ooh. um because i had like free passes or something and it, but it was 3d so i saw it and it was like the 3d was there was no use for it it was just put in there to just to say that it was 3d you know and i and i hate like wasted Three, you know, like yeah. it's just like yeah. just doing it just to say you're doing it, like this is absolutely unnecessary. The movie was fine without it, so yeah. And you know, when you watch the the movie non 3D, you can absolutely see where yeah. <laughs> the 3D is supposed to be, so that just yeah. kind of bugged me, but yeah. yeah,
1: okay, I understand, I'm in agreement
0: actually. And lastly, Star Wars, um, the original, uh, yeah. because that. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself like a huge Star Wars. I I couldn't tell you facts or figures about the movies. I I remember them coming out when I was little and I remember seeing them. I remember playing, like recreating, like we didn't have the action figures or dolls, but like my neighbors and I, we would like play like princess Leia and Luke. And, you know, you know, that's what we would be imagining ourselves as we're like running around through the backyard and stuff. And so, that just kind of had a a really big impact on my childhood, and for that I appreciate those movies. Like, and, and I'll I'll still watch like Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, and Empire Strikes Back. But those, re those, I guess what they're called, yeah. the first ones. Now yeah. they're, the, they're and I tried to watch two of them, and I was like physically angry. Wow. <laughs> I was, you wouldn't I like, call yourself
1: a fan. Right, exactly. Like, i, mean, I hardcore like hardcore fan.
0: Exactly. I, like, stood up in an outrage. Oh, what is this?
1: <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. My feeling <laughs> on those, I've watched them all because I had to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, yeah. Someone asked me, you know, oh, well, what are you looking forward to in the new Star Wars? And I was like, it doesn't really, I mean, I, I can tell you what I want to see, but it doesn't even matter. Like, I'm going. That's, mm-hmm. that's just... You know, I'm brand new right. Star Wars. Yeah, anyway, no,
0: so, we'll definitely go see it because I know my husband's pretty geeked about it. So, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely like go see it. Well,
1: JJ, JJ won't do a terrible job. We know, no,
0: that. right? You know,
1: it might not be what you want, but it's not going to be like, oh my god, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this is terrible. So uh, that's you know that's good enough for me. Um, especially after the most recent Star Wars, where you're just like, wow, wow, this is this is kind of bad. <laughs> <You know>? but... <laughs> I don't. I don't watch them. I mean, my husband will still watch some of them, but I. I, I saw them. You
2: know mm-hmm. what I mean. They
1: are now. They're in my mental rolodex. But I. Right. Yeah. I'll probably never watch them. We own them now. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> Have you watched them in order, that they're supposed to be, like?
1: No.
2: no. Okay. i just wondering. No,
1: no, no, that's not true. That's not true. Once I finished watching episode three. Mm-hmm. And I was so disappointed that mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, Therese, this is not the real Star Wars." And I turn <laughs> on the new ones, and I, I was back. I was back because cause I had to. I had to cleanse my palate of the new ones by watching all of the old ones. So, yes, yeah, I did do that once. Yeah.
0: Okay. And is it, gonna... is it? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I I don't know. One of these days, I will do that just to see how the story goes. I'm just kind of interested in in how it flows. If we were to have seen it,
1: you don't need to. Uh, You don't, you don't, it doesn't
0: mean anything, really. It's really pointless. No,
1: you, you know what? Because that's not what you love. And if, particularly, if physical anger was something you experienced, don't take yourself through that, girl. Just go ahead and stick with what you love, you know? Just let it go. It's fine. You don't have to, you can love the things that you love about it, you're allowed to do that. You know
0: what I mean? Okay. I'll I'll accept that. (laughs) All right. And so before I let you go, there is one more thing. I have this book called 4,000 Questions for Getting to Know Anyone and Everyone. And I pull a a question out at random. And I'm going to ask you that question. Yes, Yes, Are you ready? I am. Where did you get engaged and how was the marriage proposal made?
1: I got engaged at this restaurant in d c uh It was a Spanish taverna i can't remember i remember taverna was the last uh part in the name of the restaurant
2: mm-hmm. but um
1: they served my husband uh, booked a private room and they served us paella um that had fish in it and I'm allergic to fish
2: oh, no no <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but it was it smelled delicious. He got down on one knee and um, asked me to marry him. Aww. Uh, it was very sweet and very And he was, like, apologizing profusely for the paella.
0: <laughs> How long were you guys <laughs> together it, before you proposed?
1: Oh, gosh. We were together for two years. But we okay. broke up two years. Well, we were together, yeah, I would say two years. The first year we broke up three times. Oh, wow. Yeah. We weren't too serious. We were, he was, I, I was, I think I, he just freaked me out. I mean, I, I'd never met anybody so nice in my life and I didn't know why he was doing that to me. So I naturally had to break up with him. Um, so. Uh, makes yeah, we sense. Broke up. Yeah, it makes, it made a lot of sense to me back then. Um yeah, so for a year we kept breaking up and getting back together uh, because he was so nice. And we eventually, after a couple months, like we'd call each other, and I was like, "Why did I break up with him?" He's like, "So nice, and <laughs> we get along so well." And anyway, so we end up getting back together. But that finally we broke up for the third time, and and we thought, "Okay, this is ridiculous. This is it." And then uh, he came over uh, Thanksgiving and basically gave me the riot act. I like, what a bad girlfriend I was. And I, for some reason, I was in a mood to listen. Mm-hmm. And so I let him go on, and I was really pissed. And then I went into my kitchen, and I was like, okay, breathe. And I came back, and I was like, okay, here's where you're right, and I'm sorry. But here's where this you're putting your stuff off on me, and mm-hmm. you need to deal with that. And we ended up having this great conversation. We got back together. We got serious. And we yeah,
2: about a year and a half after
1: that.
0: That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: it, a good it, love story. Oh, I'm glad that was a good one. It's a funny one, I think. But uh, <laughs> it, it that's good, too. So, yeah, that's... So
0: that's no, I awesome dig fun. origin stories. It's it's, it's oh, good yay. to know. Like well,
1: happens. you're good
2: at them. I see you guys talking,
0: girl. I have not I for about in years. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you for joining me um we've reached our time thank you so much we're wonderful i i agree i absolutely love and i can't wait to hang out with you when a microphone is not recording what we're saying and to just chill and just talk and talk and talk where can the good people find you uh on your websites and twitter and things of that nature and buy your books
1: Everything's available on Amazon, but you can start at my website. Uh, it's com, And um, if you're interested in, if you want a child to check out the Ellis series, uh, Ellis and the Magic Mirror, you can go to com, And that's a kid-friendly site. There's no adult content at all in it, but you can always start at com and go from there. On Twitter, I'm Cerise R. Murphy. And uh, let's see, on Facebook, Cerise Rennie Murphy. I have a Facebook page. Um, I don't uh, post often on Facebook, but what I post is me. That's mm. what I care about. <laughs> so,
0: All right. Um, and as usual you can uh, check out ruggedangel.com for all sorts of content on me and you can follow me at twitter at the underscore rugged angel on um, iTunes, SoundCloud that's where you can get the podcasts and thank you for tuning in and until next time this